Hallelujah. You go ahead and take your seats this morning. What a blessing. You know, children are a blessing from the Lord. And if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. There, there comes a time when you say, God, um, you can have them back if you want, you know. But no, we, we love our children. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles with you, open them up to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, chapter 17. And I'm going to read a, a verse or two, beginning verse 20. In fact, I'll read from verse 20 to verse 23. And if you were here on Friday night, Brother Mark mentioned this verse a few times. And this is what it says. Jesus here is praying and he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, Father, as, just as you and are, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father God, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you, Father, for all that you're doing in all of our lives. And we just pray this morning that you would help me to communicate your word clearly as I should. I pray that every heart would receive what you have to say to each of us. In Jesus' name we pray. God's people say, Amen. Amen. You know, the most powerful prayers ever prayed are the prayers of Jesus. The most powerful prayers ever prayed. And interestingly, whether I don't know if you know this or, or not, but the Bible only records 10 of Jesus' prayers. Only 10 of them. Now, we know he prayed all the time, but only 10 of them are recorded. And three of them are the prayers he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then another three on the cross. So probably four, maybe five, are actually listed where we can read the actual words Jesus is saying in his prayer. And this is one of them. This is one of them. Now we know, like I said, he prayed often. The Bible says that he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. But those prayers are powerful, powerful. Through prayer, Jesus caused things to happen that wouldn't ordinarily happen, right? He made things happen. He, he caused people to do things, ordinary people to do extraordinary things through prayer, his, his prayer provided power to accomplish things, to, uh, for, for things to happen, things that, against all odds, uh, he, his prayers were powerful, extremely powerful. And I want us to get that point, that fact, that Jesus is a powerful prayer warrior. There's a story where Satan asked to sift Peter like wheat. If you can imagine that, he came to Jesus and said, hey, let me just cut this guy down. Let me cut him down. Let me put him in his place. Because Satan knew that Peter often made mistakes. 
right? He knew that about Peter. Peter often spoke out of line and was a bad representation for the group, for the 12. So let me just cut him down. Let me sift him like wheat. He's always putting his foot in his mouth. Jesus, you know that. Acting without thinking. Let me just sift him. Let me, let me get rid of this issue. Right? And he probably threw it out to Jesus in the most convincing way possible. You know, let me just take him off your hands. You won't have to worry about this guy anymore, cutting people's ears off and all that stuff, you know. And, and Jesus, he, he, he tells Peter, you know, uh, hey, you know, Satan, Satan asked me if he could sift you. Now, you know, when we read that, but how did that actually happen? You know, they're just out fellowshipping maybe. I don't know. And Jesus, hey, you know what? Satan asked about you the other day. <laughs> he did? Yeah, he asked if he could sift you like wheat. And I can imagine, you know, Peter probably said, well, you rebuked him, right? <laughs> you, you told him no, right? And all Jesus said is, well, I prayed for you. That's all he has to say, right? I prayed for you that when you return, you'll strengthen your brothers. If you can imagine that, after the sifting, Jesus was going to let it happen. That after the sifting, after this action that Satan wanted to take with Peter, Jesus didn't have to tell Satan to leave Peter alone. He simply prayed for him. His prayers are powerful. His prayers are immutable. They're absolute. They're, they're irreversible. What he prays will happen, and they're unchangeable. And the Bible tells us that the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. So if a righteous man's prayers are powerful and effective, what does it say about the prayers of the most righteous man? What does it say about Jesus and the power of his prayers? But there's a problem. There's a problem here. Nothing or no one could ever overpower the prayers of Christ. And, and we would all agree to that. No demon, no disease, not even the storms and the wind. Jesus was up against whatever he was up against. He would pray and he would speak a word and whatever he asked for would take place. Just as certain as Jesus would will to speak, whatever he says is going to come to pass. But somehow, in some unexplainable way, Jesus is having trouble with this prayer. Jesus is having trouble with this prayer. In John 17, verse 20, 21, he just finished praying for the unity of, of his apostles in the preceding verses, verses 6 through 19. He has no problem praying. He prayed for them for unity. Let them be as united as we are, Father. Protect them. They're in the world. Protect them. And, and all of these great things that he prayed for them in verses 6 through 19. And this prayer was literally answered even for the first believers. Later in the book of Acts, you see in dramatic fashion, them loving one another. There was unity. There was oneness of spirit, oneness of heart, one vision, one focus. Wherever the Christians gathered, wherever they were, wherever they hung out, there was a sense of, 
of, of belonging and connection, it came to pass. The Bible shows us that they were all in one heart and soul, helping one another, fellowshipping with one another. But in verse 20, Jesus turns his attention away from the first disciples, the apostles. And right here, he's praying to the Father for you. He's talking to the Father about you. He's praying for you. And he says, my prayer is not for them alone, speaking of the apostles, speaking of, of the 11, you know, because, you know, Judas, of course, you know, kind of did his thing. He's saying, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That some of them may be one. Is that what it says? Oh, no, let me look again. No, that all of them, that all of them who will read the testimonies of the apostles will be one. That they will be in complete unity. He says, just, he says, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. That's some heavy oneness. That's some heavy unity. May they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me. He's talking about you. That there is something, just like the first believers, when they were, whatever they were doing, and people were seeing them, there's something different about that guy. Something different about that sister. They, they stand out in a crowd that whatever overwhelming circumstances they face, they just conquer, man, trial after trial, circumstance after circumstance. They're different. And they're united, man. They, they are one in spirit. There's this ethos, uh, an atmosphere around them that doesn't change. And he says in verse 23, I and them and you and me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. He's praying for you. This should be a, a, a matter of, of excitement and joy to know this. To, when you read this, man, you could tell your friends that you're mentioned in the Bible. Really, tell, tell your friends, hey, I'm mentioned in the Bible. And they'll say, no, no you're not. And you'll say, yes, I am. And they'll say, no, you're not. And you'll say, yes, I am. And they'll say, no, you're not. And you'll say, yes, you, you get the point, right? <laughs> and then you can show them this verse. My prayer is not for them alone. I'm also praying for Masia Lopez, who will believe in me through their message. And your friends will say, your name isn't in the Bible. And you'll say, yes, it is. And they'll say, no, it isn't. And you'll say, you know, like that again. And then you can just show them. Look, oh, wait, I lost the page, you know. But it's there. He prays for me. He prays, he talks to the Father about me. The fact is that Jesus is praying for you. He's praying for you. The same Jesus that prayed for the official son. The same Jesus that prayed for that huge catch of fish. The same Jesus that prayed for the centurion servant. The same Jesus with the same words to the Father is praying for you. The one who worked wonders in the past and prayed specifically 
for people to recover from all kinds of illnesses, all kinds of things, that Jesus right here is praying for you. He's talking to the Father about you. Before the raising of, of Lazarus, Jesus prayed. The Bible tells us that he prayed. And death tried its best to keep Lazarus in the grave. There was Lazarus dead. He had been dead for several days. And Jesus prays and, and then he calls Lazarus out. Now, death doesn't want to let go. Once a person dies, it is final. Death does not want to release this man. He had already begun to decay. He was already wrapped up in grave clothes and, and, and man, he was a mess. Lazarus was a mess. He couldn't walk anymore. He couldn't see anymore. He couldn't talk anymore. The fact is he couldn't live anymore. But when Jesus prayed, the one thing that he absolutely could not do was ignore the prayer. He couldn't ignore the prayer. Dead or not dead, Jesus is calling me. I got to get up all wrapped up. He's calling me. I got to go. Dead or not dead, I have to respond to the prayer. He is praying for me. He is calling me. And so Lazarus lived again, man. His prayers are undeniable. He prayed for the centurion's servant. He prayed for the two fish and the five loaves of bread. His prayers are powerful. Get that in your minds. Jesus' prayers are powerful. They're powerful. They're undeniable. He prayed for thousands of people to have a little something to eat. And with a couple of fish and a few pieces of bread, man, he was able to feed thousands. He can pray for the dead to wake up from death. But the very unity that he prayed for among us, the unity that he prayed to the Father, the same Father that he prayed for all of these things, he prayed for us, is challenged. That prayer is challenged, unlike any other prayer that he's ever prayed. Where demons tried to challenge his healing at times, and the nature of things tried to challenge his healing process sometimes. Sometimes the body is stubborn. Sometimes sickness and disease is stubborn. There was one man he prayed for uh, and he put, uh, you know, he spit and he put mud on the guy's eyes. He said, what do you see? And he says, well, I see like men like walking like trees. His prayer, his, his, his healing wasn't complete. There was, there was a challenge to his, his healing process. He prayed again. He, he worked something again in this man's life, and he saw perfectly. There was a challenge here, I believe. This prayer is challenged. Ask yourself, are we one? Am I, am I one with everyone? Am I in complete unity with the church? Do I have the same goals and likes and desires? Is there something that draws us Together, are we one the same way God the Father and the Son are one? That's what he prayed for. And if all other prayers that Jesus offered up to his Father come to pass, sure, surely this one has to come to pass, right? Are, but are we in complete unity? And if not, how do we account for this issue this morning? 
there's only two possibilities. The first one, number one, is that the one and only prayer that Jesus prayed, this is uh, for, for you and I to the Father on that day, is the only prayer ever that failed. That, that's the first possibility. That Jesus, that he prayed a dud. That it was a prayer that just didn't go anywhere. And, and, and he could ask the Father today, Father, didn't you get that prayer? There's some people that are not in unity. There's some people that are not... Did you get that prayer? What, what prayer? I, oh, I, I must, man, I didn't get that one. Sorry, son. Sorry, oh, well, you know. I just didn't let it go. And we're over here struggling. Maybe, maybe it was a miss that there's something about us that, that makes us unity resistant. Maybe there's something about us that the most powerful voice that ever spoke can't seem to speak unity into our existence. Maybe that's it. Maybe Jesus met his match in us. That, you know, I, he'll, he'll face the wind and waves. He'll face demons and they'll submit to him afraid, trembling in him. But when he comes and he prays for us for unity, perhaps he's met his match. That there are some that say, you know, there's no, there's nothing. I God, you, you, there's nothing you can do to make me love this person. I'll never be a part. I'll, I'll never, you know, I'm, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm not going to do what the church is doing. I'm not going to be what the church is. Right? Maybe he met his match. Maybe that's it. Maybe that would explain it. He conquered the wind and the waves without a problem. Various demons without a problem. Every sickness and disease without a problem. Turn water into Boone's Farm, whatever that stuff, or, or wine or whatever it was. He prayed his prayer for us, but for the first time, it didn't seem to take because there's still a little bit of disunity. His prayer worked for the early church without a hitch. But maybe over time, it just simply stopped working. Maybe that's it. Maybe, so that's one option. That's the first option. But there's another one, a second option. Perhaps this prayer only affects the true believer. Perhaps it is just as he prayed his prayer that those who believe in me will be in unity. Oh, that, that's an option. That's a possibility. But it's a possibility that makes us look at ourselves. Maybe what makes me unity resistant Maybe what keeps me from loving my brother or my sister, from finding fellowship, from finding that sense of belonging when I'm with my brothers and sisters, uh, hanging out, worshiping together, serving together, at functions together. What maybe what keeps me is maybe I don't fully believe. Maybe I don't believe the way I ought to believe. Jesus said in verse 20, I pray for those who will believe in me. That's what he says. Those who believe. This is a prayer for fellowship. And, and like, if you're here Friday, again, I, I mentioned how Mark talked about it on Friday night. He, the word koinonia. 
Unity, it, it means a relationship where two or more people hold something in common. They value the same things. That they can be in fellowship, just like you have the word membership, we have fellowship. What makes us fellows, what makes us together is this idea, this, this thing, this abstract thing, a love for something, a sense, a longing for something. And when we're together, man, I feel what you feel, you feel what I feel. Man, this is a good place to be. We're in good company with one another. We strengthen one another. We're, we're different. Man, I need my brother, I need my sister. Similar goals and purposes and feelings, bearing one another's needs, breaking bread together, praying for each other, for encouragement and strength. So when some have a deep and compelling drive to gather for worship, to gather for fellowship, and others don't feel it. When others don't feel it, maybe we have to check our belief. Because Jesus prayed, man, let this happen so that the world will know that I really did come to the earth, that I really did visit Inglewood. The only way that the world will know that I walked through the streets of this city is to see a whole trail of people who fall in love with me and the Father and with others. If others don't feel it, we don't have the unity that Jesus prayed for. His prayer was for fellowship with God and for fellowship with one another. He's praying for fellowship. Fellowship means companionship, friendship to be in unity. And this prayer, it's, it extends itself throughout all, all the ages, throughout all time, but, but affects only those who truly believe in the Lord. So the question isn't about the efficacy or the power of, of his prayer, but our ability to receive it, to be named in that prayer. We're not named in the prayer if we don't believe. That's who he's praying. It is a unity that testifies that God really did send Jesus to redeem the most unlikely people. And this is how people from various places can come together, whether you're from Culver City or Venice or Lenox or Inglewood, right? Or, or, like, or like Debbie from Michigan, you know? I don't know. She, she said she was pretty tough back in Michigan. You know, they called her the amazing Caucasian. I, I don't know if it's true, but, but wherever, when we come together, we find unity. We find unity. And I, I can testify that week by week, and this is just me, I can testify that I experience this fellowship with many of you, the, the fellowship that he's praying for. Man, it, it, not just in church or in Bible study or, or Wednesday night prayer, but at my home. When I have needs, there are those that step up and say, hey, you know, I'm here with you, providing for me and my family, helping, and, and I'm able to do the same for others. Praise God, man. That's the prayer that Jesus prayed. Whether it's walking together, hiking together, whether it's having lunch together or visiting someone in their home, praying for other people. It is the answer to a prayer made over 2,000 years ago. But where unity is absent, 
so are the believers in Jesus. Because this is what Jesus asked for on behalf of those who believe. The one thing he asked the Father to do on your behalf is for oneness, is for complete unity. Now, if his prayers are powerful and effective, if his prayers uh, can conquer any obstacle and break through every barrier, then it must be true about you that there is nothing that keeps you from perfect unity with your brothers and your sisters. So this morning, I'd like to pray once again. I want to pray and ask God to remember this prayer that Jesus offered up to him a long, long time ago concerning us. Lord, that he would remember this prayer, this prayer for unity. And I believe that the one and only obstacle to unity among believers are the non-believers of those even who say, you know what, Lord, I have faith, but help my unbelief. I have doubts, I have struggles, and I begin to doubt my, my belief. I begin to doubt my, my, the roots, my, my connection, my belonging. And so we want to rid ourselves of the unbelief so that the full force of his prayer would cover us, would transform us, and that we can be the people he prayed for. Amen? Will you stand with me this morning? And let's do that. Amen? Let's pray. Let's go to the Father on behalf of our unity. Let's go before the Father. Father God, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you this morning for your son that you sent into the world to confront my brokenness, to confront my issues, Lord God, where, where I am weak, Father God, where, where my complexes keep me from loving my brothers and sisters, where my failures and my, my weaknesses, my shortcomings, Lord God, make me uh, un unapproachable, uh, unfriendly, Father God. I pray, Father God, that the power of your son's prayers would overcome my shortcoming, that the power of your son's prayer would transform me, Father God, that you would bring a sense of belonging and power, Father God, to rise above the challenges and the issues that we face. Father, you are able this morning to do the impossible. And everything that your son sets his heart and mind to speak into existence does come to pass. And his prayer for us this morning is for unity, for unity, for completeness of unity, to be one as you and the Father are one, that the world may know that Jesus really did visit us, that he really did come, and Father God, we are witnesses of this very thing, your presence among us, your love for us, Lord God, your prayer is powerful, yes. able to transform, able to take the most unlikely people and unite them together in unity. So this morning, we thank you. We thank you, Father God, for fellowship. We thank you for companionship. We all need friends. We all need belonging. We all need support. We all need prayer and encouragement. We all need a place of, of, of belonging where identity is shaped, where, where we 
feel and, and, and are able to, to converse with other people where we can be open and honest, where we can confess our sins, where we can grow and be strengthened by the strength of others. This is your prayer. This is your prayer this morning. And Father God, just as powerful as your prayers were to wake up the dead, to heal crippled legs, to open blind eyes, you are able this morning to pray for unity among the most unlikely of individuals this morning. So have your way. Have your way this morning. Let your prayer have its full effect in our hearts, in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If the Lord has spoken to you and you say, yes, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Oh, we commit to, to the Father this morning. Father, I pray for all those who doubt, who have doubted, who desire to know you and, and believe in you, but have, have setbacks. For those who desire to walk with you, but have challenges, who face mountains, Lord God. And, and, and Father, where, where the grave has not wanted to release, my God, those that have been caught up, my God, those that have struggled, my God, in their minds and in their bodies, Father, Father, caught up, my God, stuck in a place, my God, where they cannot go forward. This morning, I pray that you would release those individuals, that you would break the hands of the enemy, Father God. Every lie, whether it's in the mind or God, or whether it's in the body, Father, whatever it may be, I pray release, my God, that they may believe in you and serve you this morning. And if that's you, just come. Come to the altar this morning and pray. Come and talk to the one who has set you free. Talk to the one who has given you freedom to be united with this Father. Come to the altar this morning. God is here for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.